At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSEN. Welcome back in, everybody. Hour number two of the Lombardi Line starts now. We're presented by BetMGM. We have Michael Lombardi with us from New Jersey. I'm Ben Wilson here at the Circus Sportsbook Studios in downtown Las Vegas. Patrick Maher is off. He is back on the show tomorrow. In our last segment, while we were talking all things NFC playoff picture, Michael, started to see the odds board in front of me start to flicker and light up all sorts of greens and reds on my screen. And that (laughs) is because, especially in the Minnesota-Chicago game, uh, announcement just comes out about 10 minutes ago from head coach Matt Eberflus. Justin Fields being shut down. He will not play Sunday in the season finale for Chicago with a hip injury. And as a result, line has ballooned. Minnesota open two at a lot of shops, was up to five or five and a half as rumors started to swirl about Fields' availability. Now it's eight. And uh, are you prepared for the Nathan Peterman experience at quarterback uh, this Sunday for Chicago? Well, I mean, if you can't look good against Minnesota's defense, who can you look good? Outdoors, you know? I mean, I, I think the weather's not going to be pro- pro- problem, but what's going to be the bigger problem is is the offensive line for Chicago, who, you know, if it weren't for fields, right, if it weren't for fields, they probably would give up over 100 sacks. I mean, they're just, they're just one of the worst lines in all of football. And so, you know, I, I just think to me – when you watch them, they can't really throw the football. Well, Fields limits how they do that and his his ability to throw. But this team hasn't won, Ben, in Chicago. They haven't won since they beat New England on October 24th on Monday night. I mean, think about that. Yeah. You know, now they've they've kind of fought their way back to do some cover. I mean, they, they you know, when they when they almost had Miami beat by three, we thought, well, that was a good, you know. I mean, then they they had Detroit beat and golf throws that interception and and then, you know, they go down to Atlanta, they lose there. The Jets destroy them with Mike White. But, you know, this has not been a pretty year for them. I mean, let's face it, they can't really throw the football. I mean, when you break them down, the last three games that they've lost against Philadelphia, against the Buffalo Bills, and against the Detroit Lions, they have thrown for 91, 129, and 30 yards. Now, how are you going to beat anybody with that? Now, I know that some people think that Justin Fields is going to be a Super Bowl-winning quarterback, but he was playing in those games. He can't, They don't make any plays in the passing game. I'm not saying Peterman's going to be better, but it's hard. And last week, Detroit gained 500 yards on them. I mean, their defense isn't good either. Right. At 64 rushing yards shy of Lamar Jackson's single-season record. A lot was made of that for Justin Fields and why he wanted to keep playing, but... I found it really bizarre watching the, the game play out between Chicago and Detroit Sunday where Fields clearly injures himself on a 50-plus yard run in a 7-7 game. 
I think he ran twice the rest of the game. He was at 104 rushing yards on his first four carries. And after the Bears settled for a field goal following that run, Worf promptly outscored 34-0 the rest of the game. Yet a team that's out of it that has nothing to play for is just in draft position, you know, positioning right now. Matt Averfluss kept him in the game the whole way, and he was taking shot after shot after shot down the stretch. I just didn't understand that from a coach in Eberflus that you and I have been really complimentary of, and I think he's done as good of a job as he could do with basically no personnel this year. Just found that whole situation this, bizarre. This roster is so bad. I mean, you know, there are, you know, they have done nothing to really help it. I mean, they didn't have any draft picks. I mean, Ryan Pace left a mess behind. And let's be clear, you know, he left them and, and you know, they're going to have to try to make it work with fields. I mean, they have no choice but to try to make it work with fields because they don't have any assets to go get anything. I mean, they were in salary cap jail last year. So that's an issue. I, I, I To me, th- this is going to be a hard game. Minnesota isn't very good, but Peterman in there, you, you're so limited. You know, when your offensive line is as bad as the, as the Bears line is, you're limited in what you can do. And then defensively, they, they don't have enough speed. They play hard, which is a nice thing to say, but they don't make any plays. Right, and it's yeah an issue where is, as much as they've been a team that a lot of betters have flocked to because you get the excitement of a team that plays hard, that's always getting points. Oh, three of the last four weeks have not come close to covering uh, the spread. Got in the back door against Philadelphia. That was the only one of those stretches. So again, line now up to eight for Minnesota. Again, Vikings. It's but is a, Minnesota better than eight uh, points better than anybody? Right. I mean, seriously. And, and that's the thing. I mean, Minnesota, only way I mean, they move up to the Minnesota, two is with a, a Niner loss here. So Min- the odds are, are slim. I mean, Minnesota on the uh, on their season, they I don't think they've I don't think they've won by four, three, the six. They beat the Bears the last time they played them at home. But remember, they're driving the ball down the field. It's I think it was twenty nine to twenty two, and Justin Fields is driving down the field, and the ball gets stripped out of him, and Patrick Peterson picks it up for the win. Remember that game? Yes. They won by seven in Minnesota, but and they they beat Miami by eight. Miami didn't have a quarterback. I mean, I know they beat Arizona by. Tw- I mean, but every one of those games, even the ones that that that. The Arizona they win by they win by eight, but that was a close game down to the end. Like, are they better than eight points? Better than anybody? I'm not believing so. Only one win of the twelve came by more than. But a I'm possession. not betting Peterman either, though. No, I could tell you that right now. Are you betting Peterman? Huh? No, no way, no way. Your friends Hall and Oates are like, oh, ah, we we hear our music about to be called out here with Nathan Peterman. No way you can go for uh, go for a pick. Like oh, that. you can't do that. I mean, wow. that's so bad. I mean, don't my do that Lord, to yourself. You know? <laughs> but but it. combining poor Peterman into a situation where they can't block the edges, right? It's still yeah. Danielle Hunter, and it's still Smith over there. You know, they got to block the edges. How's that going to work out? Yeah. Well, it's, and it's hard, too, about trying to figure out from the coaching standpoint in Week 18. For first-year coaches like Kevin O'Connell and Brian Dable, we don't have any data to go off of. We don't know how they have approached games like these in the past because they never had them. So in the betting market, it's hard to just assume that Minnesota will punt yeah. the game, same like with, with Brian Dable and the Giants, even if we assume well, that would be the correct thing. I know Dayball. I mean, Dayball, I know how he thinks I, I, because I've been with him, and I know he's going to invoke the Bill Belichick rule. He's probably got most of – he's got a lot of people working on Minnesota, right? And he's working on Minnesota. Not that they're not going to work on Philly, but they're going to – a very sim, simple game plan, get the clock. We're not getting anybody hurt. Our inactive list, we don't care if the league complains to us or not. We're gonna we're gonna get ready for Minnesota, and every minute that we have is spent on Minnesota. Makes sense. You you would think that is the proper way to approach it. It's also now what what does Minnesota do in a situation where the odds of them moving up to the two seed line very very minimal? I would take either look. It basically takes the San Francisco loss. That's the only way they move up to the two seed line. Uh, as far as the other game, Michael, that could impact things in the seven seed. We talked Lions Packers in our last segment. Again, that's a situation where if Green Bay wins. They are in since they would leapfrog Seattle by virtue of the head-to-head uh, tiebreak, uh, at least on, on an overall position based on their win percentage in conference games. Seahawks, though, will play before that 425 p.m. Eastern game against the L.A. Rams, seeing a line that's settled in pretty consistently across the market right now. As I update my screen here, we're at six and a half. A couple books have started to take some some more Seahawk money, six and a half minus 115 at a couple places. You see, thinking this is as much of a cakewalk as the markets, I think uh, it'll be here against the Rams. You know, it was a good game the last time they played. Remember, Geno had to come down the field. I mean, that was with John Wolford game, remember? It was. I mean, yeah. they had to come down the field to, to get it. I mean, with Kenneth Walker, Seattle's a different team offensively, right? 
I mean, they're good. They can run when they run the ball like they did against the Jets. You know, Geno really didn't have to make a lot of plays. But I, I mean, I think the Rams, knowing McVay, I think they're going to have to play hard. They know their coach is coming back. You know, and I think Baker's got to show that he's worthy to resign. I think that's a big thing is, you know, he's got to see where he is with Baker and get him up to speed and see where that goes. So for me, I, I think ultimately, I think both teams will play. I think this line, you know, last week I thought the line was too much, especially with the Chargers, because they don't beat anybody by a lot of points. But the Rams just fell apart in the second half. It's a 17-10 game. I still don't know why they called they they they, they called that an incomplete pass. Remember, you see that play on Herbert where the ball looked like a fumble yes. and it would have been like third. And I, how that wasn't an how that yep. was an incomplete pass, I'll never know. But <laughs> anyway, that the the Chargers took over the game. But I think this will be a look. Seattle's going to play their tails off. They're going to play for next year, and they can run the ball. And the Rams, where I was counting on the Rams last week, was their was their red zone defense. They keep people out of the end zone. Last week they didn't keep Herbert out of the end zone. And you think about where the Rams have at least been trending since Baker Mayfield came back, clearly playing hard, even in a 31-10 loss last week to the Chargers. I I compare the two teams, and especially with a bad defense like Seattle's, who loses their best defensive player. You think about the injury that that, uh, happens. Jordan Brooks goes out middle of the game for Seattle against the New York Jets. Uh, He's now done. So... To me, the line, at least my, my numbers, it's like a five, you know, four and a half, five point game. Yet the books understand that there's was one side that has something to do. It's the Seahawks who need a win to get in potentially. And then the Rams have nothing to play for. So the fact that they've jacked this line up at an extra point and a half, it's just, it's a little bit too much to me. And I look at what's happened over the last decade. How about this? Last 10 years, teams who have to win in either week 17 or week 18, taking on teams with nothing to play for have only covered about 41% of the time. Oh, Clearly, an uh, yeah. indication that the I, I, books are paying, making you pay a huge, huge tax that usually doesn't work out well. But having been in the room, right? Uh, there's no meaningless game. Like I've never been a part of an organization that was w- wanting to lose the last game of the year that tanked it. Now I've been a part of a team. I can remember one year we were playing Seattle in Cleveland, the last game of the year. We were going to the playoffs. Tom Flores was getting fired. They did their exit physicals instead of instead of the players leave flying back to Seattle and taking their physicals. They did their exit physicals at Cleveland Stadium. So you, we, I knew we were winning that game. Like I knew we were winning that game. <laughs> It didn't really matter because, the, you know, but typically that doesn't happen. And so it, it's a little bit when we get into this like Washington, I, like if they go to how, what will he look like? I think that's the uncertainty you get into. You know, Peterman trying to play. If Glennon's got to play down in Miami, you know, that's when it starts to get. But I think Tampa Bay and New Orleans, for example, I think both teams are going to play their tails off, right? I think both teams are going to play hard. I think both teams want to prove something in the next year, and both teams' coaches want to prove something. I think you got to try to stay. Where Indianapolis, Houston, you know, I mean, I don't know what that looks like, but I would think Houston would tr- would have yeah. to try to play their best. Impossible to know in a lot of situations. At least the two games that follow that 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 nugget we just laid out. It's the Rams Seahawks game in addition to the Jets-Dolphins game, and you have to think the Jets... I mean, this could be a game Robert Sala coaching for his job, as weird as that is to say, with how they've fallen off toward the back end of the year. Sala and the Jets here, about a pick em or one-point favorite against Miami. Just keep that in mind going forward. Teams usually not very successful, against the spread at least, when they are in a must-win game, final week of the year, against teams with, quote-unquote, nothing to play for, but as Michael says, no such thing as a meaningless game. Now, let's get to the big one in the AFC South next. We haven't had a chance to dive in here, so we'll do that next. Jaguars, Titans for all the marbles in the division. We'll break it down next. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the 7 most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about 7 minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with the 7 every weekday. 
So follow the seven right now. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think you could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what yeah. I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Back on the Lombardi Line with a big thanks to our entire crew today. Brian Ortega leading the way behind the glass. I'm Ben Wilson here at the Circus Sportsbook Studios with Ortega here. Got Andrew Ingold, our technical director, Mikhail Bala, Sergio Sanchez, uh, Troy Kinch, Rob Moreno, uh, Rob Moreno, I should say, Andre Pariso. Uh, everybody uh, doing a great job helping out behind the scenes. Uh, just to tie up the loose end from the last segment, Michael, there's also a third game technically with a team in a, quote, meaningless game out of it against a team needing to win to potentially get in, and that is Cleveland-Pittsburgh. So that's the other uh, potential situation for Week 18. Hey, look, Cleveland's uh, knocked out two straight teams out of the playoffs, technically, each of the last two weeks, and you get the Steelers off that very emotional Ravens game on Sunday Night Football and the emotional Immaculate uh, Reception game from uh, from two weeks ago against the Raiders. So that'll also be an interesting spot uh, to keep an eye out for with yeah. the Pitt Steelers about two-and-a-half, three-point favorites. Yeah, I mean, look, the Steelers are playing good football right now. Their defense, their run defense has really improved over – you know, the, the time after they gave up 215 yards rushing to Baltimore. I thought they were the better team on on Sunday night. You know, it took a last-second effort to get them back to win the game. But, you know, Baltimore, we haven't touched on that. But, I mean, we still don't know who's playing quarterback for Baltimore. I mean, I can't imagine it's going to be Lamar Jackson. I just can't. You know, and so, you know, Lamar that, that game, Cincinnati, which – we we won't know really what that means until we get some clarity there. But this one, Cleveland, I think it's important. I said it last week. I like Cleveland as a pick because I felt like Cleveland needs to continue to show they're coming along. Now Deshaun Jackson hasn't played. Deshaun Watson hasn't played very well, but they ran the ball and they played better defensively last week, getting the turnovers. Thankful to Carson Wentz. So look, Cleveland Pittsburgh is always a dogfight. I mean. You know the terrible towel versus the brown uniforms are always something that the players. This means more because of the rivalry than yeah. ever. To be frank, I have you know hard to have had a lot of betting thoughts early in the week with how our you know our thoughts have been with Demar Hamlin and and uh, you know the situation going on in Cincinnati. But as I look at the board now, I mean I teased Pittsburgh up last week against Baltimore. Just yeah, you know, just a principal play. I mean the the teaser legs with the short underdogs against bad offenses in the bottom half of the league this year have uh, have been rock solid at over eighty percent. Those individual legs. Teasing Cleveland up to eight and a half or nine. I mean, how does Pittsburgh win this game by margin? I just don't see it. I, I don't think I don't think Cleveland can beat anybody by a, more than a you know. I mean, if they were able to make a play, and certainly there's always a chance for a backdoor. But the way Watson's playing right now, you know, you, you have to be really careful. And the way the the yeah. way that the the Steelers are playing defense, you know, they're making you throw the football, and not that they're great in the secondary, but he has gotten this team playing really well, and their offensive line has shown dramatic improvement from the opening game of the year, even though they beat Cincinnati, creating five turnovers, to where they are right now. Right, and yeah, the Pittsburgh team uh, going into the Baltimore game from Sunday night, the previous five weeks, top ten in both pass and run defense on the EPA per play basis, not something I would have thought 
but the Steelers have shown tremendous improvement uh, under Mike Tomlin. Uh, so that, again, the, the three games that will matter for the seven seed, you have Jets, Dolphins, Patriots, Bills, and then Steelers and Browns uh, between the Steelers, Dolphins, and uh, Patriots. One of those three will get the seven seed this week. There's also the yeah. four seed to, uh, to be that determined. That Patriot yeah. line, you know, not not to interrupt you, but no, no, that Patriot line looks like it's it's moving. It, it could be moving. It right now it's at seven and a half, and it looks like it could go down. There's some there, there's some shops that are a little out, but it's seven and a half. But I think it could move down a little bit. It looks like it's yeah. trending that way. Seeing yeah, some books have gone to seven and a half, either even money or minus one hundred five on Buffalo. So those are juice seven and a halfs. Uh, towards towards New England, and I said last week I was kind of interested in that look-ahead spot with the Patriots catching 10. Number has now come down. Wouldn't be surprised if that gets to 7. Again, so hard to know. Buffalo announcing today, by the way, if you're just joining us, they will have a walkthrough uh, today. Yeah. First time they've they've congregated in any form or fashion since uh, the, the Monday night episode uh, with, uh, with, with DeMar Hamlin, who still remains in critical condition. That is the latest update we have uh, as of early this afternoon here on the East Coast. So that's the thing to keep in mind. You know, Michael. I think too. We'll know this line is going to be volatile on Sunday morning because if Kansas City loses, you know, I think this line goes back over the seven and a half, gets closer to the ten because it gives Buffalo maybe a chance. Once we know some clarity on some other things, but if Kansas City were to win, Buffalo's playing for the two or the three, right? You know, they're kind of in between, and Correct, and, and yeah. depending on what the outcome is, you know, I, I think a lot of that, you know, that this game might not mean as much to Buffalo in light of the situation in Buffalo if Kansas City wins. That's my instinct. I don't have anything to prove that. And this is from Albert Breer, and we discussed this yesterday too on the show. If a no contest was declared in, in the Bengals-Bills game for Monday night, you'd have a situation where Chiefs would lock up the one seed with a win. They'd fall to the two with a loss and a Buffalo win. Uh, but if, and the Chiefs game being Saturday night, Buffalo would go into that game needing a two a win or a tie to lock up the two seed. A loss coupled with a Bengals win could drop the Bills to the three seed. So we'll we'll know a little bit more as we as we say as we go along uh, through the week. But again, those are the three games that impact the seven seed at least in the AFC plus so potential seeding for Buffalo. If you're Buffalo, like, do you really care if you're the two? I mean, I know you care, all right. But if you're the if you're playing there and you and you're sitting there and you're kind of going over it and. You know, and you want to see where you are. I mean, when you play the, let's say you play the three, three plays six, you know, I mean, I, I don't think you're worried about that. I really don't. I mean, two yeah. plays seven, you would might get New England. I mean, you don't get New England again. You might get, you know, hopefully we don't get Tennessee. You might get Pittsburgh, which might be the worst thing for you, right? Right. It would either be, yeah, Patriots, uh, Patriots, Dolphins, Steelers would be the seven. Either the six is either going to be the Chargers or the Ravens. The odds would would suggest that's more, most likely to have Baltimore uh, stay in that number six seed realm for now. But uh, there's also the four seed to try to figure out. And so Tennessee, Jacksonville, uh, no way that uh, there's no way Tennessee can get, uh, based on the tiebreakers, could get the seven. It would be either the four or nothing. And that's what will happen. AFC uh, South Championship game with Jacksonville and Tennessee. The game to be played Saturday night. Uh, it, it's interesting, first off, that, and, and I wonder how, as a head coach, Doug Peterson might have done things differently. I, I get the sense that he really felt, Michael, it was guaranteed that the game would be flexed to Sunday night football, his AFC South Championship game, his Jaguars and the Titans. But by moving it to Saturday night, Jacksonville's now in a short week. Tennessee has extra rest. Interesting decision by the NFL to do the Saturday night game there, even though the market's still very much on Jacksonville's side with the Jags laying six and a half right now. Which I think is a little too much. I, I think it's a look, I know there's no quarterback there, but I think there is a Vrabel factor here, right? And, you know, I know the Vrabel factor didn't work in the last game. They dominated 36-22. to 22 And, you know, but Tennessee turned the ball over four times. Derrick Henry's running down the sideline and gets the ball stripped. Tannehill's in the pocket. The left tackle doesn't block. He gets the ball stripped. And then there's a, a couple – there's a tip ball interception, and the kid jumps in front of the receiver. So, you know, uh, for me, you know, for me, I, I think ultimately, you know, he ran for 137 yards in the game. He didn't create any turnovers with his defense, and there was some throws. I don't know if you watched the game, but Lawrence mm -hmm. made some throws that are not what I would call offensive throws where the system gave him. He just made great throws, right? Like the play wasn't really there, and he just made a play. And that's what great players do, right? You know, when you complete a crosser, 
like let's take the championship game, Michigan playing TCU, and the and, and Dugans throws the crosser, and the, nobody's covering the guy, and he runs for right. seventy yards, right? That that's a really good scheme play, like that. Like Dugans had to make a play. Don't get me wrong, but that was there, and. But when you throw the ball into one spot where only your guy can catch it and the play, and the guy's not really open, that that's a talent play. And, and there were a lot of those talent plays against Tennessee the last time they played them. I don't know if I'd count on that to happen again. Not because I don't think Lawrence is a great player. I think he really is. But I think those are hard plays to duplicate. Like when you're watching tape and you're breaking down the team you have to play and you're looking at all their opponents, you're saying, well, we can do that. Well, we really can't do that. Well, we can do that. Well, we really can't do We can't make that play. Yeah, we can't yeah, make that exactly. play. You see what I'm saying? And so, like, if you're Vrabel, you know, those plays might happen, but they might not happen off all the time. It's exactly why we tried it, and I like to bring up the completion percentage over expectation. We talked about it last week where Derek Carr has been among the league's worst in that aspect, 30th out of the 32 qualified starters. But there's some nuance and context that has to be applied there where in short sample sizes – you can see quarterbacks, because that's, again, that's a measure of the throws naturally versus throws that the scheme sets up for you. And how are you, how are you doing comparing the two things? Are you making the throws even if the scheme isn't opening it up for you? Trevor Lawrence has been pretty good in that mark. He's 11th over the last five weeks in that re- respective category. But think about how small sample size can throw that out of whack when it is a very volatile type of statistic. Like Sam Darnold is number one in the league over the last five weeks in that stat. Taylor Heineke is third in the league. You don't expect those two guys to, to be at that same level over a 17-game season. Well, but, but why are they there? Because their, their, their offense doesn't allow them to really expand. So they're not letting Darnold – they're not giving Darnold a lot of hard throws. They're, they've done a great job of managing Darnold. They're not asking him to do a lot of the throws Darnold makes. Now, he made some great throws last week. So I mean, the touchdown mm-hmm. pass that he makes to Smith in the end zone was a great throw. The guy was open, but it was a great throw. He moved him with his eyes. He moved the safety, Edwards, to come down, and he hit it behind. It was a great throw. But And it was a scheme throw, but it was a great throw. But they're, they're doing a good job of managing the limitations of the player. Right, and that's, that's why the context matters. And I mean, Darnold has been unbelievable <laughs> when you've watched in the last few weeks. Uh, we'll, get, we'll finish our thoughts, too, on the, on the Jacksonville Titan game in, in our last segment as we get ready to wrap up the show. But uh, interesting to see the market come down a little bit. Open seven, some money to the underdog Titans at six and a half. A couple books have even shaded towards six. But up next, we'll get some early Week 18 thoughts from our pal Harry Gagnon from the Against All Odds podcast. to the Lombardi line on VSEN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber for only $79 and get access to everything we do from now through the big dance. Sign up today and you'll also receive $20 to buy VEASAN sports betting hats, shirts, mugs, and other great gear at our online store. Only VEASAN Pro subscribers get access to our daily recap at the top plays made by VEASAN Show, hosting guests, betting splits, and betting reports. This is a limited time offer, so sign up now and get VEASAN Pro access through the end of March Madness at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Before we welcome in uh, Harry Gagnon to the show here on the Lombardi line real quick, you're seeing, Michael, it sounds like Sam Howell going to be the starting quarterback there in Washington. Yeah, I mean, that's what uh, Ron Rivera just said. And it makes sense, right? Like, why are we going back to Heineke? Why would we play both of them? Give the kid all the reps on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday that he can at least get accustomed to and they can get used to it. Look, he had a really good preseason for them. So why not let them play and see what they have and, and see where they're going to go for it? It's not going to determine what they do in the offseason in terms of of decision-making a quarterback, but it is going to give them some insight into what, what how can do. And look, they've watched him in OTAs. They've watched him in uh, run scout team. You know, I'm sure he's probably been really good at what he's done, so they're going to keep giving him another look. At least the betting market, numbers lighting up in front of me. That's now Dallas minus 7.5. So from 5.5 this morning, got to 6.5. It was originally thought it would be a Heineke-Howell split. Now it's Dallas 7.5, a 4.5 for the first half there uh, as well. As we welcome in Harry Gagne to talk some uh, some Week 18 NFL, also a little college football. we got to get Harry's thought on the national championship game too because, Harry, you were just at the Fiesta Bowl just a wild weekend of college football with the TCU Michigan game. What was that experience like down in Glendale? Yeah, guys, I hit. Uh, yeah, it was wild. It was insane. Oh my God, I said there's 55 percent to 45 percent more TCU crowd than Michigan, which I found that hard to believe. But I was there. It was crazy, and they were loud. Atmosphere was great. Look, 
I, I just think that to, you know, even though Michigan, how great they were during the regular season, hadn't given up more than 27 points all year, give up that to TCU and now, and Georgia's defense, where was Georgia's defense too against Ohio State? So I think this sets up with, I think the line's down to 12 now, guys. A lot of money coming in on TCU. Uh, people, want, people want this underdog. They love the story, but I think it's Georgia's defense is going to bounce back. We're, everyone wants to see a great game here, but I think Georgia brings the defense this mm-hmm. time and wins going away. Stephen Bennett, all he does is win games, and Kirby Smart, uh, best coach in the country. Yeah. Well, I, I think this, though, you know, give TCU some credit. They they were sure. able to, to make key plays that they had to make. I thought Michigan really – made a lot of mistakes in the game. They don't take the three points. They don't get the call on the on the right. touchdown pass. But but when you break Georgia down, right? Georgia's pat they have really they can't really rush the passer. And their secondary is very suspect. And so I thought Ohio State exploited that. You know, I thought Ohio State took advantage of it. And I think TCU can do that as well. Now can they physically match? I thought Michigan would overwhelm TCU. That didn't happen. We'll see if Georgia does that. I think that's why the line's coming down. It doesn't match up well in terms of they can attack that secondary. Oh, absolutely. And it's gonna be it's gonna be hopefully we do see a good game. I just think at the end Georgia pulls away late, maybe wins this game by seventeen. And by the way, guys. I'll be in Vegas. I'll be in Vegas. Yes, I'll will. be there. Come on over. We got the uh, the watch party for the championship game at the Jimmy Kimmel Comedy Club. Everyone, come on over. It's free. It's going to be a blast. I cannot wait to see uh, Harry Gagdon over there uh, Monday night. Looking forward to that, Harry. Can't wait to have you and, and everybody there uh, here in fun. Vegas. A 12, 12 and a half right now, your line, depending on the book for Georgia and TCU at SoFi Stadium on Monday in the national championship game. As we transition to Week 18 in the NFL, Harry, I'm not usually a big Moneyline Parlay guy, but the final week in the NFL season, a lot of times you can tie together pretty logical results and make some money and, and get some pretty favorable odds as far as the Moneyline Parlays are concerned. Uh, how did you look to attack that with some of the situations at play this week? Yeah, you definitely can, guys. But uh, I'm going to go a little high on some numbers here. This is a three-teamer, pays even money, three-team Moneyline Parlay, San Fran minus 900. Still can get the number one seed. Offense is rolling, even without Debo Samuel. Philadelphia, minus 900. They lead the NFL in sacks. They've got five guys, guys. Five guys with 10 or more. New York Giants game means nothing to them. And I'm going to take the Falcons. The Falcons at minus 200 against Tom Brady and the Bucks. I know Brady in 22 years has never had a losing season, but Tampa Bay does not need any injuries. They don't need to play anybody. They got in last week. Let Atlanta's running game pound away here. And the Falcons, who are a minus 200 favorite to win this game, take down the Bucs. Uh, you know, I know Brady said he wants to play, but I agree with you. I think this should be a Blaine Gabbert game, right? And look, look, mm-hmm. I, one thing about Atlanta that they got behind the last time they played down there at Tampa. They, Atlanta was behind twenty-one nothing and rallied back. Got the bad pass, uh, got the bad rough of the passer call. Remember that play? Right. And it right. kept the ball, and, it, and they had a chance to come back and win that. But that's Atlanta. They they're in close games. I mean, here they are. They're playing against. Uh, I mean, it's a lot of guts. They're playing last week. They're playing against David Blau, the magician, and they and they barely cover. They don't cover that game. It, even they didn't cover the game at three and a half before the Blau announcement came that he was playing for Colt McCoy. So yeah. you know that that's somewhat remarkable. But I, I mean, look, I, I'm with you. I think if there's a lot of guys hurt on Tampa, right? We can go through their defense. They've got a lot of guys missing, and they would be smart to rest those guys to get them ready to play in the biggest game of the year against Dallas the next week. Yes, I think Atlanta just pounds Tyler Tyler Algier, the rookie from BYU, who's had a pretty good season. He's a ball. He's a great running back. Let him should do his thing. They win this game, Atlanta. Would think that that would make a lot of sense right now. That the line got all the way down to three. It was Falcons minus seven. Todd Bowles comes out, says he'd play all the starters. Now the uh, the lack of trust in that statement is being borne out in the market today. We're up to four, four and a half on that game, Falcons and Bucks. Uh, Harry, as far as Saturday night, that's where Michael and I were going to finish our show with going up next uh, as Kansas City and Las Vegas kick off the Week 18 slate. As it stands right now, seeing a nine and a half consensus number on Raiders Chiefs. Another start for Jarrett Stidham at quarterback, and you get a total here in the fifty-two and a half range. Where where do you see the value in Saturday's first game? I really like the over guys. Kansas City first in yards per game. They're first in passing in the NFL and Las Vegas defense. Besides Max Crosby, it's a joke. The 29th in passing yards against 30th in picks, and have basically no pass rush, and is 30th in sacks. Mahomes and Kansas City have plenty. A time for uh, Jared Stidham uh, 
and I mean, Mahomes and Kansas City have plenty to play for, I meant to say. Jared Sidman had played well versus San Fran secondary guys last week. He had three touchdowns, 365 yards. Him and Adams were really good together. Plenty of points in City on Saturday. Ben, maybe me and you should go. I mean, would love to if I wasn't on the air at that point, uh, Harry. Yeah, I, all right. Sadly, I mean, live bet Saturday. I, I, here. I, I don't disagree. I, I think first of all, if you watch the first game, there were you know the Raiders moved the ball, had a chance to win that game, they didn't. Uh, they'll be able to attack if they protect, which I th- they did last week against uh, San Francisco. No sacks allowed, even though Bosa created the winning right. play with this pushback of Colton Miller. But I think they will move the ball. I think they will play as hard as they can play. The concern is, is if you look at this roster of the Raider defense. I mean, there's guys out there you don't even know of. I mean, they don't have anybody out there. Yeah. They were trying to do it with 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 guys that are around. So I do think – but the the concern you have with any time you go down that Kansas City road is what happened last week against Denver. They go three, three and outs in the third quarter. They lose interest. Like, they, mm-hmm. they have ADD. Yeah. I'm convinced of that. <laughs> and it's a high line as a result. Uh, Chiefs and uh, Raiders one-point game in the first meeting between the two on the uh, on the Monday night game back in Arrowhead. So that's the play, Harry, looking at over 52-and-a-half. In addition, uh, it would not be a true Harry Gagnon segment here uh. on the show without a little teaser action going into – uh, to week 18. I was able to cash. We got there with uh, with Panther Steelers last week. That was nice. I, I've looked to tease up a lot of the dogs. Uh, which dog intrigues you to at least uh, tease up here as we go into week 18? Well, I'm gonna I'm, right now. Dolphins Jets. I see as a, as a uh, as a pick. So I'm gonna tease the Dolphins up to plus seven. Still have some something to play for. Still can get in the playoffs, but they need some help. No way, New York. Uh, are, are blowing anybody out. They're 27th in points scored and in time of possession. Jets last seven games, three of four of them, uh, they scored six points or less uh, in the last seven games. Three of three of them, six points or less last four games. New York Jets seventeen points or less, and the Bills. I'm going to take the Bills uh, minus a half against the Patriots. Uh, awful situation here with the Demar Hamlin uh, issue. It's so uh, it's so sad. I just don't see the. With the time taking off here, the Bills are not going to lose this game at home. A lot to play for with Hamlin, uh, with the number one seed on the line, too. They will not lose at home to New England. And, by the way, they've, they've beaten them five straight times. Uh, they've already beaten them by 14 in New England this year. Bills minus a half with the Dolphins plus seven. Yeah, they have a hard time making the they have a hard time making the the Bills punt the Patriot defense. I you know I think this is a hard game to handicap because we don't have all the answers on what could happen down the road uh, in terms of seeding and all yeah. those things because right. unfortunately of the Demar. So I, I'm with you. I mean they have dominated the Patriots in the last since the win game they have dominated the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Again, uh, we think that, that, look, the situation, at least teasing Miami up, you're, you're looking to bring Buffalo down again. Lots of still You might get Mike Lennon, out, though. Uh, yeah, don't don't cry on my shoulder, Harry, if Mike Lennon comes <laughs> oh, in that game. Oh, don't cry. If you lose that because Mike Lennon enters, don't don't blame me. It would be uh, What an amazing way it would be if you won a teaser leg somehow, Harry, in the year 2023 with Mike Lennon as your quarterback. Uh, he is Harry Gagnon. Give him a follow at AAO Harry, uh, the host of the Against All Odds podcast. And also check out the uh, the Extra Points Network at the Jimmy Kimmel Comedy Club Monday night free watch party. Also Sunday, too, for all the NFL games. So check that out. Can't wait to see you, Harry, here in Vegas. Thanks, uh, as always, Harry, thanks right. for the time. Great stuff. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Harry. When we come back to wrap up the show, time to dive into the Saturday games. We'll give our final thoughts on Jacksonville, Tennessee. Also look at the Raiders-Chiefs matchup. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from The Washington Post wherever you listen.
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets. It's never been easier to join the action of the new BetMGM app. Featuring a fresh redesign with improved features and quicker navigation, planning a trip to Vegas, you can also convert your BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points that you can use towards dining shows and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM resorts located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. BetMGM Rewards is sports betting's premier loyalty program, including exclusive offers, incredible experiences, and valuable perks when you wager with BetMGM. Sign up with BetMGM or log in today to take advantage of BetMGM Rewards. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. As we wrap up the show, some discussion on the two Saturday football games in the NFL this week. Michael talked a little bit earlier about Jaguars-Titans continuing to see the market. As I update my screen, looking to take some shots here on the dog. Titans down to six at a couple books, six and a half, minus minus 105 or so at a couple other shops as we sit on a Wednesday early afternoon on the East Coast. I still have a little bit of concern, though, on Tennessee from a defensive perspective. Everybody wants to talk about Josh Dobbs coming in at quarterback, but... Last five weeks, Titans 30th on an overall defensive efficiency basis, 32nd against the pass. And while they're fourth against the run, teams have stopped running against Tennessee, Michael. Second fewest rush attempts against per game at about 23 and a half. How concerning is that to you as we profile this now into the Jacksonville point of view on offense? Well, I think that's what that's what Jacksonville did when they played them. I mean, the, look, the Philadelphia uncovered it, right? Philadelphia said, "Why should we?" Even though Philly was a running team, they said, "Why are we going to run the ball? They're good. They play the run. Let's throw it." They have nobody in their secondary, and you know, if we throw it on early downs and we can protect without Bud Dupree in the game, you know, we can handle it the inside. So, yeah, I think that is a concern. And and look, the the formula for Tennessee never changes. They've got to be able to run the ball, control the clock, convert some third timely third downs, and play play and, and, and win time of possession, but also stay play from in front. You know, when they play from behind, now this game they got ahead and they fell behind because they throw it. And Doug Peterson doesn't need an excuse to keep throwing it. He loves it. But this is a different game this time. This is a playoff game, mm-hmm. right? The the one a few weeks ago wasn't. This is, this is playoff games, and this is about who can convert third downs and short. Who can play red zone? I mean, I think this is the first time we're going to see Jacksonville in this environment. Now, Jacksonville's been on a steady climb the last, what, ten, last five games. I mean, they're seventh in the league over the last five games. They're ninth in the league over the last tenth game. So, and when they get that, and, the, and their offense has been so effective, they've, they're eighth in the league in red zone trips per team. Meanwhile, Tennessee's offensively, they're 29th. So this game kind of favors Jacksonville, and I can see why the line is at six. I had this line at, I had this line at seven point six two to start out with, 
But I think because of the nature of the game, I think that's a little high. I think that's why people are grabbing the points. Totally makes sense, at least from Jacksonville's ability to win the game. And it's why I'm not going to shy away putting Jacksonville on a two-team money line parlay card, especially as that line continues to drop a little bit. Just having the confidence in them to win the game Defense over the last five weeks has also been great. And as much as we profile Trevor Lawrence at quarterback and that offense's growth, sixth in the league over the last five, top eight against the run now in the NFL, 10th against the pass. But that run defense number is the one that stands out to me with Derrick Henry, the running back for Tennessee, back at practice. And that being the key thing you have to slow down if you're Jacksonville. Yeah, I mean, they're 15th in the league in first downs per play, so they've done a good job. Their points per play defensively, they're 8th in the league, so they've done a good job. They've really come a long way, and where they've, had, they've made a great advantage and they've really kind of stepped up their game is they were very bad in – they were extremely bad earlier in the year in terms of – forcing incomplete passes and, and doing those kind of things. But they've stepped that up. Now, where they're not great is sack per play, right? Both these teams don't really rush the quarterback very well. And Jacksonville's not great on third down. But where they are good is forcing incomplete passes. And I think this game's going to come down to one thing that determines this is penalties, right? So Tennessee, for as well coached as they are, they get a, they're not talented enough, so their players make a lot of mistakes. They're 28th in the league in penalties. And if they get behind because of a holding call, if they get behind because of something, they're not built offensively to overcome second and 20. Right. That's the one, the one thing you'll have to keep in mind watching the game going forward. And where does the market go expecting some of the Titan players to be back from injury after almost everybody sat last week against Dallas having extra rest? The extra rest, I mean, that, you can speak to this. It, it, you don't get it a lot this late in the year because usually the schedule profiles in a way where teams are on equal rest, but that has to matter, I would think, even more so in Week 18 than compared to, say, uh, a Week 4, and Tennessee does have that edge coming into this one. Yeah, and Tennessee loves this role, right? They love being the dog. They love going on the road. They love going in New England. You know, nobody gives them a chance. They beat Tom Brady in his last game. They love going into Baltimore and playing, you know, Baltimore with Lamar Jackson and, you know, shutting them down. I mean, they, they relish this. I mean, they love, you know, they run to fear. They don't run away from it, right? They, they really do. They love it. And it's partly their head coach, right? That's kind of how he is. He believes in that. So, you know, I, I think this will – look, they're not a talented team. We know that. But they found ways to win. I mean, any team that can go from the middle of the second quarter until overtime with getting one first down and staying in overtime against Kansas City is fairly remarkable. But they've lost a lot of guys. I think one of the big injuries is David Long, their inside linebacker. I don't anticipate he's back this week. Right. I think that's really been a concern. And so without him, it hurts. But they play hard. And they will, they will create, they will put some pressure. And they're looking at that tape, like I said earlier, saying, wait a minute, those are great throws that Lawrence made. Can he do that again? And while, yes, you expect some to come back for Tennessee still, like Long remains on IR, Hooker, Fulton, Cole, Simmons, four defensive starters remain questionable heading into this week. Expect to see those guys limited at practice. Same deal with Nicholas petit for the starting right tackle for Tennessee. All things to monitor uh, leading into Saturday's game number two. Uh, game one is Chiefs-Raiders line consensus 9.5. It actually went down as low as 7.5. Money coming back into the market today, Michael, on Kansas City uh, in Las Vegas here at Allegiant Stadium. 52.5 year consensus total. I look at the numbers from Jared Stidham even in a small sample size last week, but against arguably the best defense in the league, uh, his completion percentage over expectation numbers third in the league last week at, at over uh, over plus 13 relative to his actual, uh, his expected completion percentage, which was about 58% a week ago. Yeah, I mean, I think what Matt Castle said earlier in the show is true. He's just comfortable in the system. He knows it. I was impressed with his leadership. I was impressed with his moxie. You know, I think people lose sight of Stidham's background. You know, he's a five-star kid coming out of Stephenville, Texas, got highly recruited all throughout the country, went to Auburn, you know, and then Gussie's offense wasn't really suited for him, so he transfers to Art Bryles, and he plays well there. And there was high hopes in New England for him when Josh had him there, and then he got injured, had a back injury, and never could get going. And now he is, and he took some, he took some heavy hits, but they did a really good job. He got rid of the football. He didn't hold it. The offensive line hung tough. They were still they ran the ball more effectively against San Francisco than I think any team did. It wasn't great, but they weren't getting minus one yard on a carry. Like they were able to have some balance. And unfortunately, he just made the throw to Bosa because Bosa pushed Miller back in the pocket, or else I think they got a chance to win that game with a touchdown. So it's going to take a Herculean effort because the the Raider defensively 
you know, is really they're not very good. And they're playing a bunch of guys that probably will not be not probably won't be on the team next year because they're on they're on their backups to the backups. I mean, without Perryman, without all mm-hmm. the corners that they've lost, it's gonna be a challenge. And you know, look, the last time they played, they tried to take Kelsey out of the game. He scored four touchdowns. Now he had average what, I think four yards a catch on on four but he had four touchdowns. <laughs> yeah. So it's a hard game. That, and that was the thing coming in. You figured, okay, you got to take him out of the game, and then nah, it didn't really work uh, that way. Still was able to get his. Uh, it was also impressive, too, though, the fact that it, it, people might look and say, okay, well, was this just a, a one-game thing where maybe San Francisco was taken off guard and we're, sending, we're kind of holding guys back a little bit, playing, you know, playing off coverage? But, I mean, the air yards, too, show that Siddham was pushing the ball down the field was not fearful of that really good defense. That, to me, in, in some of these cases, when you have a new quarterback coming in, I value that. The fact that he was averaging, I think it was 11, 11 yards on average, his air yards down the field, not afraid to push the ball. And against a Chiefs secondary get, that has been very uh, very mediocre, you got to like that formula coming in. Yeah, I mean, that's where the Chiefs have problems, covering on the outside. And 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 we'll have to look at the injury situation at corner for them. But he gave his receivers a chance to make a play. I mean, he throws the ball up there for Waller. Waller comes down with it. I mean, he's got a 6'6 guy going against a 5'10 safety. you got to give him a chance to do that. Uh, and at least I'm looking at the updated uh, Chiefs depth chart coming in as of right now, very early in the week. And most teams cancel their media availability uh, yesterday in respect to what's uh, what's going on with Deron Hamlin. And his, and uh, as we wait for more information on him, but at least coming in for now, Chiefs showing Legereus Sneed as a questionable. And that is it for now. Uh, McDuffie, no injury designation. We'll see if that changes as we go on uh, throughout the week. So uh, what we'll see on that... I, it would make sense, though, if the if the Raiders kept this within the number, though, right? I mean, a nine and a half at home is a big number to lay for Kansas City. Yeah, it really is. And, and Kansas City gets bored. I mean, now they against do. Seattle, they were able to hang in there, but they get bored. Michael, great to, to be back with you as well today. Really fun show uh, for us. Always a pleasure to be with you, sir. Thank you. Thank you, Ben. Absolutely. Uh, and thanks to our guest today, Matt Castle from NBC Sports Boston. Gave us some tremendous insight, the former NFL quarterback. Thanks as well to Harry Gagden from the Against All Odds podcast. Thanks as well to our producer, Brian Ortega uh, from Behind the Glass. I, I neglected to mention Aramis Westfall earlier. Aramis also helping us out behind the scenes. When we come back on VEASAN, it is the start of Big Bets. Dave Ross, Samal Shaw from the South Point. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com compatibility. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.